big bib. Hey, Kayla. Hi, Ayana. <laughs> Welcome to Fill in the Blank Podcast. Welcome. Um, Get away. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another week here at Fill in the Blank Podcast. You did it too soon. Do oh. it again. Well, I thought I was scared you were going to move on fast. No. So, oh, okay. Do it again. Do it again. Oh. Fill in the blank. Hey, there we go. Hey, <laughs> right, Yana. That was some really base assery. We do some really, we do some really just like stupid stuff. But you know what? Mm. I think people probably enjoy, because I know I personally enjoy when I listen to podcast mm. and I can I can listen for something that they're going to always do mm. or say. Oh, like tradition. Yeah. Like mm. it's entertaining. It's like, oh, like that just made my day. Mm. Y'all comment if the, if it makes y'all day when we be like, hey, welcome to Fill in the Blank Podcast. And Ayana says, fill in the blank. Like, How did that even start? Oh, because of the intro. Yes. Because okay. of the music. Yeah. The, oh, my knee is itching. Uh-oh. Need some neosporin. It's just moisture. It's because it's, it's uh, healing. Stabbing. That's good though. That is good. It looked nasty, but it's okay. Oh, oh dear God! Pray for Ayana's knee, y'all. <sighs> Knees, both of them. Just pray they don't look ugly. Yeah, once it heals. Yeah. How much longer do you have? Probably like another month. Oh my God, that's crazy. How long ago did this happen? Now, uh, probably the, a month. The ago? first week of uh, September. Oh yeah, so a little over a month ago. Wait, when was yeah first week of September? Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, it's okay. So how are you? I'm actually really good. That's really good. I'm actually really good. What's so really good? Um, you know, I've been doing some shedding lately. Okay. I just kind of, you know, uh let my situationship, you know, this ain't gonna work. Um look, y'all, so this is the thing that be pissing me off about Ayana. Here we are, we on camera, and I'm finding out this information <laughs> for the first time. Well, and now I need the low down details and there's probably only so much well, I can I find out. Well, I can okay. tell you. I can tell you. Okay. So what had happened was because mm-hmm. you know we we had we we had you know stopped for a minute because mm-hmm. we got in a big argument and then we started again because it's like oh my god I miss you oh mm-hmm. my god I miss you so much mm-hmm. but then he was like I just want to casually date and I'm like wow mm-hmm. we just took all that step forward to take so, like a step back be back but then we of course at. me being me I was like okay mm-hmm. no and I wasn't okay with that but mm-hmm. that I will say when it first ended is when the mourning process starts you know women in relationships usually we start mourning in the relationship it takes us time it takes us time and then we get to a point where it's like all right i'm done Mm -hmm. um so what had happened was (laughs) what had happened was we went out on i don't know was it sunday or something on sunday yeah we went out on sunday Mm -hmm. and and we were out and there was a moment and i like to really express my love i'm a very affectionate person Mm -hmm. and so there was a moment i looked at him i was like oh you can give me a kiss and he said oh remember we're casually dating oh hell no to the no, 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 no. It was swerve curve. It was like being electrocuted. Um, but I went about the night because I understood he was setting a boundary. However, we hadn't spoken about what that looks like beforehand. Yeah. So I was like, fine, fine, whatever. You're setting a boundary. I get it. Mm-hmm. But I took it when I took a step back after like a day later, I realized like. It's just not working for me anymore. Yeah. I think we've been in this for so long that my feelings have um, have grown and I'm not okay with the 
10 steps back that we took. Y'all were at a place where it could either be like, it's like a fork in the road Mm -hmm. and it can either continue to accelerate or it was going to be like going down. Yeah, And And I think that you all were... He's he was taking it to that place when you were trying to take when it I was taking somewhere else. Yeah, which I mean I get it. Like mm-hmm. we started in a iffy way. <laughs> sorry, sorry, insider, um, <laughs> insider. We started in a in a strange Ooh. way. Ooh. So Ooh. not snorting. I snorted too. We started in a strange way. So, um, oh, and, and it was never like, you know, it was never supposed to be this serious. So yeah. again, I understood that he set the boundary. I just wasn't okay with like yeah. where we were anymore. So I told him, and this is how I know, I, I know my feelings are pretty, pretty much rem- removed at this point, just because, you know, that was a shot to my ego. <laughs> yeah. It was like a, oh no, ick. Um, yeah, no, that is very. It hurt. Ooh. It hurt so uh that it, type of rejection is it like, was like damn, you don't want to kiss me right like the hell <laughs> like kiss me now then then correct me later <laughs> so uh anyways I told him I was like we can be friends but like I'm not gonna be spending individual time with you like alone in your apartment or because mm-hmm. I know myself I'm like, you know you know you got <laughs> not the Cardi B moment. <laughs> That's how Cardi B be talking. She be like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I get it. You know, you know, she ain't lying. She ain't lying. So I was like, you know, we can check in like once a month or something. Like yeah. go get food or something. But that, how did know. he take that? Um, he understood. Okay. But that's the thing. Uh, even even the first time we had that little if. <laughs> that little, Please. Sorry. When we had that little spat. Um. <laughs> he, he was like, man, we keep seesawing. And I'm like, because it was the first time it was him who ended it. Now it's me. But he's like, we keep seesawing. I'm like, it's because literally both of us are just trying to delay the inevitable. But yeah. we know it's going to end. Yeah. Somebody has to pull the trigger. And so yeah. now it's just, it's going to be me. Because the thing is, is, when I'm done, I'm like, actually, well, that's not true. Let me it's be honest. That's not, not true. Oh, I have a hot take about that, though. What oh, you just what? said. I feel like most of the times it's women that have to be the one to pull We the are. But I mean, look at the statistics of divorces. Mm-hmm. Men are just as miserable in those marriages as the women are. The thing yeah. is, is they won't leave. They're not going to They're leave. fine with being miserable. Yeah. Because to them, uh, suffering is some some <laughs> some some sign of pride. Or y'all like, know, you know, they like to suffer. You know, I'm a man. I'm just out here, you know. Like, boy, if you don't. I don't know if that's the reason. I don't know. I'm just making shit up as I go. Look, don't listen to me. Don't listen to me. Don't. <laughs> But I'm just saying, they're weird. This is too much. They're weird. Ooh, that's hilarious. Anyway, so yeah, love that for me. Also, I've reconciled with someone I have had some extreme anger for. Um, I won't say too much, but... Can you say it and we bleep it out? No. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know who it is. What the hell? No. Um, So, uh, yeah, so I'm just in this phase right now where I'm tired of being... uh, dark (laughs) just like angry and bitter and hardened and chaotic Mm -hmm. i mean i love a little chaos don't get me wrong you know when life gets boring you know let's spice it out Mm -hmm. you know a little spice we're trying to release that i don't think that'll ever go away kayla i'm not even gonna lie i don't think that'll ever go away i think that it could present in a different type of way no i agree with that where you don't have to like but when i'm single is when it's just like it's hard for you to release that yeah that 
space because there's so many possibilities oh my god there's so many options i mean it is it is a part of the single life that you that you can choose to have the i mean i can't say nothing because that's how i was in my single life i was very chaotic Mm -hmm. and just did whatever the hell came up but in hindsight i'm like that was just such a like like i'm clutching my pearls like what what was that lifestyle yeah it seems scary no i am i i just i crave healthier things now Mm -hmm. or i'm starting to that's good it's not like a switch but like i am getting to a point where i'm just i'm craving healthier things i love that which is why i'm on hinge and i'm like you know Filtering out some of these people I know just like aren't good for me. Yeah, that's good. Um, having good conversations, mm-hmm. you know, I'm gonna lead these relationships with, uh, you know, healthiness and positivity. Mm-hmm. You know, start off on a good foot. Mm-hmm. I feel it. Love that for me. I love that for you too. That's great. <laughs> Not the smile. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about you? How are you? I'm good. Um, I have been coming to a lot of realizations as now the dust has settled with um everything with the wedding Mm -hmm. I feel like I am my autopilot just got turned off I feel like I was definitely on autopilot for quite a while and I wasn't able to really like be very reflective and and be present in the life that I was living yeah and now I am very much so present And I'm very much so like, uh uh-oh, we have to do something about this. Like, Mm. I think that I'm finally in a place of mind where it's like, if I want my future and my life to look different, I have to actively participate Mm. for those changes to be made. Okay. And I don't think I was at that place for a long time. I think that I was very much like in a space where it's like, I'm a great person. So things should just, good things should happen to me because I'm a great person. Yeah. And just still having that, that concept of like, I'm going to be saved or yeah, something. Yeah. And I don't know what shifted in my mind or when it happened, but I just had a moment where it just was like, you're like, I got to go get it. Yeah. I was like, I can't continue to live like this. Mm. I think that the main thing that has caused that has really pushed, ignited the shift in me is the fact that um, I'm very unhappy and uncomfortable with my work life right yeah. now. And as many people know, when you're uncomfortable with your work life, it literally impacts everything that you do. Especially here in America. Yeah, because you spend so much of your time at, at work. work. Yeah. And so if it is something that is not pleasurable, if it's not something that you feel happy mm-hmm. about or contentment in, then it can be very, very upsetting. Agreed. And so I think that I'm finally realizing how upsetting my work life is. I am in the exact space that I've always strived to not be in, Mm -hmm. in that I always said that I wanted to be happy about the work that I do. I don't want work to feel like a chore. I don't want to go into work every day and dread it or like, and that's where I'm at right now. Like, it is hard for me to get out the bed. Yeah. I don't want to ever go to work. It's just horrible. Yeah. So I think that I just kind of had that that spark. Um, But at the same time, It's very interesting because I feel very strongly that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be Mm -hmm. because I know that for me, I have to experience things like what we talk about in extremes. Mm -hmm. And so I have to be in extremely uncomfortable situations for me to push past and move forward Mm -hmm. from that space that I'm in. So. I think that right now I'm I still feel a lot of gratitude for the space I'm in because I'm like. 
this is the turning point for mm-hmm. me. Like, what if I would have did something that maybe was a little more comfortable for me and I didn't come to this realization when I did? Yeah. yeah. And I was just content with mm-hmm. like, oh, like, you know, I'm not mad about it, but I'm also not happy about it. Yeah. So now I'm at a place where it's like, oh, yeah, I don't want to do this. So yeah. let me do the things that I've always known that I should be doing. That's yeah. kind of where I am. Pushing you to where you need to be. Yes. Okay. So with that being said, I have challenged myself. And so if you all see me not do it, then you can hold me accountable. But I am starting off because this will then, it would form a habit in my mind, Mm -hmm. but I'm challenging myself to 30 days of posting content consistently. Mm. Um, Every day I'm going to post something. Um, And then I actually started, I made a banner for my YouTube channel. Like I started prepping it, Mm -hmm. but I'm not doing that right now. I need to get a camera. Okay. But the other night I stayed up till four o'clock in the morning doing all of this research and Mm -hmm. trying to like gain an understanding, figure out what it is that I want to do and what I feel connected to. Mm -hmm. And so I've been really enjoying it. Like I found that as I am creating these, like all this content and stuff. I'm like, wow, this is like fun. I actually like this. Like I'm enjoying this. Look at you. Yeah. So you just got to start. It's the start. It's It's the start. Starting is always hard. It's the hardest part. And then consistency is hard. Yes. Because then when you hit the lulls Mm -hmm. and you have to continue to be consistent, it is very difficult. Yeah. I know we both struggle with that. Yes. Yes. So I am, I'm just speaking over myself that I'm going to be like a more consistent person in this season. And I'm really just like seeing myself through a different lens. Like I'm choosing to believe more of the positive things mm-hmm. about me than believing the negative That's things about I me. That's where I am too. Mm-hmm. That's exactly where I am too. I'm I like, let me, let me stop manifesting negative things. Yep. Like, and, and start seeking where I want to go. Start, mm-hmm. uh, you know, taking in things of of where I want to be and exposing myself to things of where I want to be, yeah. uh, talking about things as if like, you know, in a positive light of what I want for my life, even when it comes down to like, you know, finding a good partner, like, you know, just manifesting good, positive things with my yeah. mind, with my actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really t- is such a huge factor that is the most difficult to grasp. Mm-hmm. I think like when you can get to the place that you have, control over your mind Mm -hmm. and you're able to filter your thoughts Mm -hmm. I think that that really sets a totally different tone I agree to how everything's done because life will make it difficult and even if it's not life like lows the lows of life even when you get like overwhelmed just by like the constant things that are happening that makes it difficult Mm -hmm. but you know what we got this yep we're gonna do it so I actually started reading the trying to read again the untethered soul that mariah Mm. uh told us about like way back when Mm -hmm. um so i'm i'm on a binge of trying to like replenish my thoughts and like figure out how to shift my habits i started listening to podcasts again today there was there's a podcast a psychology podcast Mm. um and i started listening to this episode about self-talk and um how that affects your brain and because I, I I do better. I don't I don't do well with like reading fictional books, but yeah. I do well when I hear information of like how 
the things that I'm already doing are affecting me and then learning what the better solution is and, and how that affects me. So like mm -hmm. stuff like statistics and, and like, you know, what that the what it does to the brain chemistry. So learning yeah. things like that just helped me shift my behavior as a whole. But I love that. That's yeah. So good. Yeah. OK, so we have a good topic for today. Mm. Today, we are going to talk about the concept of being misunderstood. Ooh. Um, I Ooh. think that a lot of people probably struggle with that. And I think that, <laughs> I know I have. You I have. do. I we all do. do. That's actually my biggest fear is the being fear of being misunderstood. Even more so being like abandoned, being misunderstood mm. is my biggest fear. Yeah. It's scary because you don't want people to question or like nitpick at you mm -hmm. or think of you differently than who you intend to be. And mm -hmm. I think that it's really hard when uh, we're not liked by or we're thought poorly by or negatively by other people mm. when we know who we truly are Boy. at our core. And then magnetize that. Yeah. By hundreds of thousands I of know. people. I know. And that's why I thought it would definitely be an interesting conversation because even though it's something that everybody can relate to, I know that specifically with you, um, it's on a different level, which means your self-care game has to be like on a totally different level because of the visibility that you have. Mm. But where do you think that the aspect of being misunderstood has truly like stemmed from? Um, I think, honestly, I think as a kid, I really was misunderstood. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think I genuinely was misunderstood. I never really felt like I belonged really anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, there was a lot of just shifting myself. I felt like I had like five different personalities depending on who I was around. And they were all me, but I never felt like I could be completely myself anywhere. Mm. Whether it was with my bio family, whether it was with the woman who was raising me and her family, whether it was with my church family, whether it was with people at school. Mm -hmm. Am I missing one or is that all for Okay, I guess there are four personalities, mm -hmm. but nonetheless, like I never felt like I could be my complete self. And it took me a really long time to even learn to incorporate all those pieces of me. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think I really had that opportunity, I think, until college. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a lot. Yeah, that's that's really difficult. Um, I think mine stem, I mean, most of us, all of our trauma and things from stem parents. from childhood oh. and things like that. But much like what you're explaining in a different way for me, um, because I had a split family, mm. I felt like I couldn't fully show up my full self mm -hmm. anywhere either because um, I knew on my mom's side that it was like the discourse with my dad's side. And so I felt like I had to put on these different faces in the different mm -hmm. places that I was in. And because I grew up in a strict household, um, there was this concept of me not feeling competent. And I think I've mm -hmm. talked about this before. Um, and because of feeling like I was maybe like nitpicked at or, and being an only child when you're just the primary the focus one, yeah. is it's a whole nother weight on your shoulders of yeah. the microscope that you're under. Um, and I think because of that, I constantly felt misunderstood as a child. I constantly felt as though nobody truly understood me or yeah. my actions. Um, because like I did grow up where my parents started to like kind of say that they wanted to have conversations with me about stuff. But like, you know how when parents be like, oh, let's have a conversation. And then you're talking but 
It's not a conversation. It's not a conversation. It's more like a lecture. It's more like a lecture. Yeah. And so in that, I never got opportunity to explain myself. And then when I did have moments to express what I might have felt about something, it was ripped apart into shreds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nitpicking your words or like, you know, misunderstanding. Because you, I mean, growing as a kid, you're learning the the right terminology or how to express yourself in a really concise way. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even when, oh God, yeah, because that just revived a memory. I had an ex who I would try to explain myself of how I was feeling. And at that time, I didn't really know how to express myself. Well, I wasn't a good communicator. And if I would say any, like any one word wrong, he mm-hmm. just like... Like, go in. Mm. My dad had the same uh, habit of just constantly correcting me. It's like, yeah. bro, I can't even, I can't get anything out. How do you feel like that impacted you as you got older? If, like, because of the fact that, like, when you moved out of childhood and you got to a place where you were maybe like a teenager and in college, mm. how did that impact the other relationships that you had with people and that concept of like wanting to maybe be understood or the lack thereof? I didn't really have the fulfilling relationships like that. Mm. Like it took me a long time to learn how to be my complete self. The only, the only people that I felt like I could do that with were my significant others. Okay. But it's because I spent so much time with them that Mm -hmm. like they didn't have a choice. Yeah. (laughs) They didn't have a choice. (laughs) They didn't have a choice. Um, But with everyone else, it took me a long time, but, but also not having an understanding of who I was for real either. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, So trying to incorporate all these pieces of myself and understanding there's no such thing as like this being good, this being bad. But that's how everything would be labeled growing up. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when you're with your bio family, how you act like that, that's bad. Or like when you're at church, how you act like that, that's great. Like do that. Or like, you know, like I didn't know how to incorporate these things and just accept them as me. Mm hmm. Yeah. You felt like you had to be a certain version of yourself. Yeah, yeah, always. Yeah. Okay. Well, with you and your your parents or the the split sides of your family, how did that affect you in adulthood? Did you ever get to a point of, you know, feeling like you found a safe space to be your complete self? I think just recently, because now I understand boundaries and mm-hmm. I know how to set them so that I don't allow either sides of my family to make me feel uncomfortable. Um, And I also feel like so much time has gone by now since my mom has passed away. That was like super present when my mom was alive. Mm -hmm. And then right after she passed away because of the tension between both sides of my family. So it made me feel like, ooh, like when I am with my mom's side of the family, I can't be too happy about my dad's side of the family and vice versa. Like I just felt like I had to be in this neutral state all the time. But I think now, like, it really helped me to, on the positive side of things, it really helped me to understand boundaries so much clearer. Um, And it also helped me to start, to start the process of me not caring so much about what other people think. Like, I mean, that's, that's basically the remedy. (laughs) It's the remedy. It's to not care. It's to not care. But it is, it is really hard. And I think especially like, with what we're doing, like with the podcast mm-hmm. and you get it on a totally different level than what I've ever experienced, but I've experienced it just a smidge. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, that was what really pushed me over the edge to decide that I'm going to not care about what people think Yeah, because I enjoy what we do so much here that I was like, I can't allow other people 
and whatever they think, like y'all don't know me. So I can't allow people's thoughts of me that don't know me personally Mm -hmm. to impact the way that that I do things Mm -hmm. and impact me sharing my thoughts, impact us like reaching the people that we're supposed Mm -hmm. to reach. Um, So, yeah. Okay. So, so that's with people you don't know and stuff that you've learned with your family. Do you Mm -hmm. think that ever affected relationships outside of your family? Yeah. Friendships, Mm -hmm. especially, I feel like, But you all know, like we've had conversations about some of the things that we might all have have downfalls about. Mm -hmm. And one of my major ones was being uh, defensive. I've always had your symptom of being misunderstood. Yes, because I get defensive when I feel like people don't understand me. Yeah. And people don't think that I can do something like people don't think that I'm competent enough or that I'm not like. I don't think things out well enough to do it the right yeah. way. So it's that that whole concept. It's tied up in the concept of being misunderstood because I feel like, oh my gosh, like if you if you knew me, like you knew that that wasn't my intention. You knew that I would never do that. And it may come off like I'm being defensive or argumentative, but mm. it's just me wanting somebody to see me for who I am, like see through maybe the actions of the moment and realize like, mm. oh, Kayla at her core is not that person. My symptom is over-explaining. Mm. I have a tendency. I've tried my best to to slow. <laughs> oh, but you feel it. You feel it. Uh, but I have this tendency if I feel like, and I still do it uh, mm. sometimes if there's like some form of a conversation where I'll give too much information about, or like I'll over-explain how I'm feeling about something or thinking about something because I don't want them to misunderstand. So I'll do it preemptively mm-hmm. and I'll do it as a reaction. It's like, no, 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 you don't understand. And then I'll just like keep talking, keep rambling, keep rambling, keep yeah. rambling. Uh, and there's a, there's a fine balance in there of communication where if you talk to uh not enough like you're not giving enough but then there's also a, when you talk too when much. you talk too much you are saying too much and probably like befuddling whatever your message was yeah. or you're saying things that you don't mean at that point <laughs> so like there's a nice balance there and I tend to like over explain myself yeah that's real I feel like I have done that at some point too I think that I do that though with Marcus like mm. if Marcus misunderstands me about something I like will talk in circles and Mm -hmm. he'd be like Kayla you already said that (laughs) and I'm like but I need you to understand (laughs) I do it with everything I know even when that reel went viral there have been a couple reels I think uh when the unconditional love one went viral I was gonna do a follow-up to that and be like okay let me add a little bit more Mm -hmm. context because uh I mean yeah I just I'm like y'all don't understand y'all don't get it let me let me tell you about a little bit about me and where the the thought came from Mm -hmm. uh I will say uh being in this position is really dangerous for somebody like me because yeah. last year I was going through it yeah you were I was really going through it you've come a long way though I've like, come a very long way you should be really proud of yourself because it's it's really like a whiplash experience yeah, what bro. you have had bro. going and especially the type of person that you were prior to bro. all of this stuff like very much like introverted yeah. i'm gonna mind my business yeah i don't want to be on social media i'm gonna be super low-key yeah to now being overexposed <laughs> you have tons of people who want to keep up with you and anything you say is being like yeah looked at with a fine tooth comb yeah 
So that's difficult. I did have to get to a point where I was like, all right, I can't care this much. I care a little bit. And I will say uh, stuff like podcasts and like influencing and stuff like you have to care to a degree because like your audience, like, you know, they do have to get to know you to an extent. They have to feel connected to you um, and they'll have critiques and sometimes they are right. Mm -hmm. But. My bad, I had to burp. It's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ariel. Um, but at the end of the day, like I have to constantly remind myself, like most of these people don't know me well. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, you know, whatever. Where do you feel like you stand today with the the aspect of being misunderstood? Like, do you feel like your main symptom right now is still like the over explaining? Or do you feel like you're kind of handling being misunderstood differently? I think um, I think the reflex is still there to overexplain. Um, and if I'm in like high anxiety, there's like some form of a high emotion in the moment that I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. But if I have if I've had time to just like pause, mm-hmm. then I uh, and that's why I feel like I always need space in between things, uh, even with personal arguments with people, because I need time to really think about the concise words I need to say Mm -hmm. and uh anything outside of that is just gibberish yeah uh and I I and that's why I'll I'll probably already go through five different possibilities at least of what someone could possibly say so I already know what I'm going to say to that Mm -hmm. and uh it's just because I don't want to be misunderstood like I want to be concise in my words and I want it to be just you know, packaged well. I will say that you do a really good job of that though. I've always felt like um, ever since we've been friends, so Mm -hmm. that's been a few years now, that you do a really good job with articulating your emotions and you put it in a way that is received well by people. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of people have the issue of talking in circles and then they end up unknowingly making it more difficult to Mm -hmm. be understood when they're trying to explain. And that used to be me. Yeah. But I think that you do a really good job with that. Like that's something that I aspire to do, but now I do the thing in my head, Mm -hmm. like I'll ramble, ramble, ramble in my head. And I think because of the fact that I desired so badly to be understood by people, a lot of times I would share my thoughts about things, Mm -hmm. even in moments like I couldn't decipher, like, is this something that I'm just thinking in my mind that I should let pass? Mm -hmm. Or if this is something that actually needs to be addressed? Oh, that's always difficult. Yeah. So you like overshare sometimes. Yeah. And I think that sometimes, like now I'm coming to the extent to the acceptance that emotions are temporary yeah, and every emotion doesn't need to be articulated at all times. That's what I'm like. If you still feel that way in like a few days and a week, uh, then like maybe, mm-hmm. or if you see that it's a persistent feeling, then like definitely speak yes. on it. But if it's a temporary thing that, and, and that's, that's one thing I think that I am pretty good at. Uh, I might be upset in the moment mm-hmm. and I might even express like that just pissed me off. Mm-hmm. But once I acknowledge it, uh, I can get over it Yeah, most of the time. Now, if it's a persistent issue, no. That tour started kicking in and yeah. I get stubborn as hell. Yeah. And I can hold a grudge. But that it is, takes a lot for me to hold a grudge. That like, is I have such a strong tourist trait. You no, know, for real. Because I can forget just about anybody. But like if... Oh, you I do could. hold grudges now that I'm thinking about it. Wait. 
Not against me. I mean, wait, I don't who deal else with have that. you seen me hold a grudge against? Against other than Boo Boo the fool. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling. Look, I was about to. <laughs> he he triggers me. Yeah, he is. He is my my kryptonite. Oh, mm-hmm. that sounds weird. But like he is mm-hmm. to an extent. Just his existence. Yeah, and that's what we have to. But th- uh, we're I'm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a song for you. Okay, what? Let it go. But Let I it am. go. You are. I'm working on it. You I, are. You're doing a really you know what? Good job. You know what did I'm it for me? Always motivate you. With you this. know what did it for me? That actually made me get to a point and be like, all right, I'm tired of being mad now. Mm-hmm. Your wedding. Really? Oh, you did tell me that. Your wedding. Why what was it about the wedding that made you decide that you're tired of being mad? It was just like remembering the fact that like you know where we started. You know what it is. It's like I was so de- because I wasn't having any exposure to him for real at all. I was so detached from his humanity that I forgot that he was a person. <laughs> I can see that with you. So all I kept remembering was like just all the you bad just attached stuff. yourself to the anger to the anger, feel. and that's yeah. what it was. I wasn't remembering anything else of the humanity of the humanity yeah. in him and who he is as a person yeah. and and even some of the good stuff like I refuse to remember any of that stuff but being at your wedding reminded me mm-hmm. of like the qualities that I did like in him mm-hmm. and and the goodness that is in him mm-hmm. even though he's fucking dumb but like you know what at the end of the day and it, this is crazy because this is what I was saying at the beginning of the year and then I got to a point where I was like no fuck that but like at the end of the day like what really is is like he needs to heal and like also we're also it's like multi-layered we're also wildly incompatible yeah wildly incompatible we saw our lives moving in very different directions and didn't realize it until it was too late um you didn't have enough time to we didn't we didn't have enough time to process anything everything was under a microscope you didn't have anybody to bounce anything off of like i just couldn't even imagine literally so i'm just like of course uh we failed Not the not the giggles. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. I can laugh about it now. That's a good sign. At least I'm that, laughing about it. That's a great sign. And I think people got to give themselves that grace. But that was the conclusion you had to come to on your yeah. own. Because people love to talk down and negatively about past relationships yeah. like understandably so it's it's a little healing to talk negatively about nice. your past relationships. It feels nice. It feels really but, nice. At some point, you have to understand that there it was not all negative. And it, it wasn't, wasn't all bad. Because, and it wasn't all him. I mean, yeah. granted. <laughs> but, like, it also wasn't. Mm-hmm. I acted a lot out of anxiety. Mm-hmm. I acted. And, and you know that thing where I say, like, if you are if you have to tell someone more than once, then you're trying to control them. Yeah. I was very controlling at yeah. some point because I was freaking the fuck out. Yeah. So, like, Aww, no, shut up, Kayla. <laughs> shut up, Kayla. But it was just, what? Growth. Growth. <laughs> I'm just watching it unfold in front of my eyes. I'm like, wow, this is beautiful. That's yeah. amazing. But yeah, I'm just, I'm tired of being, but I will But say, you were anxious because you wanted to be understood. I wanted to be under, bro, no facts. <laughs> I'm facts. You wanted to be understood. Oh my God. That was my biggest complaint. It's like, bro, you don't know me. I feel like when you're in wowly, Incompatible relationships where that you're is, speaking two language different languages all the time. That is the root of 
everything is almost the aspect of being understood. Yeah. Because I remember that feeling of feeling like you don't know me. You don't know me. And I'm trying to get you to understand. And it's just not clicking. But even even he felt the same way where he would be like, you're not understanding. And I'm like, because you're not making sense. (laughs) None of what you just said is it's literally two people like talking at brick walls because Let it's ass. like because the couple don't make sense right and so you're room. never gonna be able to speak on the same wavelength and we're on two completely different ends of the spectrum no matter what you say whatever the the thing it's well, so okay true. okay the funny part is now that I've changed a lot I feel like now we're a little bit more balanced y'all actually are a little bit more we're a little bit now. more alike in this now, season of which your is life. crazy but like then like we were like. Yeah. We were worlds apart. Because when I met you, you were very much like extremely introverted, extremely like, I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah. Like, and I think that you, but I still think a lot of who you were then is who you are now. I think that the only thing that has kind of shifted is kind of like the introversion versus I think I'm just a lot more adaptable now. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that in you. But see, that's the thing. Like, when you reflect back over past experiences once you move out of the anger phase you could kind of start to see with a clear eye like dang okay there were some good things that that came out of this dark space like when i came out of this now i learned some good things from person yeah probably in spite but nonetheless i did learn some good things you did like you there were some things about your your personality i don't want to say that shifted because i feel like it's more so like refined yeah like you were fine. I think about I grew yourself. more into myself, to be honest. You did. And that's why I all, look, it's always, even when you're in like a negative experience, mm-hmm. you're exactly where you need to be. Because, I mean, the air quotes are mo- mostly for the fact that like, it's the lens that you see it through. It's not technically negative. It's just like a, it's a difficult experience. And growth is never comfortable. Growth is not comfortable So at all, just bro. like what I was saying. Stretching. Yeah. Changing, adapting. All of it is just, it's hard. That shit sucks. It, but it's the lens that you see it through. And that I wow. did that because I'm thinking about like with my work life, I could say that it's mm-hmm. a negative experience. But like I said, it wouldn't have pushed me to the point that I'm at right now where I have like. It's the grit that I've been trying to really develop that is now coming out of this. Bro, that's how you know I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired for real. Because even just me like a few weeks ago would not be talking like this. No, it's so true. I don't think I was talking like this. But you know what? And you're the type of person because you're like how I am where it's like you have to experience it for yourself. I do. I have to. And you just need to go through the process. And you'll get there, but you just got to. I have to. The hard part is when like pieces of you are solidified on the internet. (laughs) And it's like people People are changing the perspective with you. Okay, so okay, did we talk about this yet? I don't know. What? But how how are you making like how are you deciding to deal with the aspect of being misunderstood on the internet? It really is, except like it's an extreme, it feels extreme to like get to a point of not giving a fuck. So sorry, not giving a care. 
Oh, why are you not cursing? You're I not cursing know. anymore? I don't know. I don't know. For some <laughs> strange happening? reason, I got hyper aware for a second. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know what just happened. I think we've just been a little more proper this episode. Yeah, so, so I think like- that's why I was like, wow, I haven't cussed in a minute. That feels weird. Go ahead. Uh, say it. <laughs> bro, I have a potty mouth. I really do. It's like bad. And I don't I don't think I can. There was one period in my life where I stopped cussing for like two years, but it was only because I had a controlling boyfriend. Anyways, <sighs> so um, he was like, stop it. You have better words to say i was like yeah fuck that shit <laughs> Said, that's the word <laughs> fuck you <laughs> um but oh fuck oh she Dang lost it, her train I lost of thought it. <laughs> i lost it what were you oh you were talking oh, about the internet it's like on a grand scale of not giving a fuck the thing is is like i'm always gonna care you are that's always gonna be me um and i need to learn what Shut up, Asia. Wow. Oh, my God. Y'all get on my nerves. Ayana cares. I always care. Ayana cares. I will say my apathy is out of protection. And in under under the even under the lens of uh protecting myself against the fear of being misunderstood, I have to get to a point of not giving a fuck. Yeah. I just have to, but it's so hard. It is hard. It's so, especially when you feel like you don't give a fuck and then you'll be reminded by a new comment. Mm-hmm. You'll be reminded by another new comment, by another new, and it doesn't stop. Yeah. It does not. People are still commenting under that unconditional I, love one. That's true, but I will say. But so I don't care. It's so fun. <laughs> I actually I don't, don't care. care anymore, so I don't read them anymore. I stop yeah, reading them. I can tell you don't care because you stop responding to them now. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll be feeling like a troll and I'm like, <laughs> The thing is, I saw, who was it? Diera. You know, the um, social media influencer. She used to be in that really long relationship with the guy, Ken, and they had the YouTube channel. You don't know who she is? Okay. No idea. Anyways, she's a influencer, fashion girly, lifestyle girly. She's been doing this for years, like one of the OGs. Mm-hmm. And it was a TikTok of her recently, and she was like getting her hair and makeup done. And the person asked her, like, how do you deal with the social media Mm. hate and all the stuff. And she was like, you know, I really just had to get to a point where I put my energy into the positivity and the negative stuff just kind of like flushes out. Yeah. And I think it's also the aspect too, that like when you start to put your, your energy more into the positive and people, the trolls realize that you're not going to respond to the negativity, then they go away because they're like, that's not true. You don't feel like that's true at all. That's definitely not true. Oh, okay. That's well, not true. I stand corrected. That is not true at all. I feel they like still be there. <laughs> but I feel like the thing about it is sometimes I think that people respond to situations because they know that they can get a response. Like mm-hmm. people try to say things to trigger a response out of people. So yeah. yes, there will still be hate. Not saying that the hate will dis- disappear completely and it'll just be rainbows and butterflies in the comments. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying that it may balance out or lessen a little bit because it won't be so many people that are like, ooh, let me see. Like some people just be doing it because they're freaking bored. Yeah. And they're like, ooh, she responded to this comment. Let me see what I can say. Probably to some get her 17 to re- year old kid. That's what with I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So it doesn't, it doesn't completely go away. Then the other half of it, like we were talking about, is your mindset to determine like I'm gonna focus more on all on of the, these positive mm-hmm. comments that I got versus this yeah. select few of negativity yeah. that I received. Facts. But I think it's definitely hard and you know it at a different level than what that is my perception of it mm. versus you actually receiving the comments on your phone facts. and people saying stuff. Facts, facts, facts. So what you going to do? Just stop responding to them? Well, I do stop responding. 
I see it. The hard part is, is like when you're trying to get engagement up and you have to respond. So like more people comment, more people see it. So you respond, respond, respond. My issue is, is like the hard part of knowing when to stop responding. So I think I'm just going to start giving myself like 48 hours of like responding. And then after that, like, I just got to stop. I see that. I just got to stop. That's a good rule of thumb. Yeah. Because at that point, more people are commenting anyways. It's just going to keep Do going. you feel like you go through a... Like, does it trigger something in you, the aspect of being misunderstood when you interact with people who don't understand you on the internet? Only when, like, it's our, like, when our reels go viral with our hot takes is when, is when that kicks in. Now, if it's something, uh, like, when I posted something about being introverted or even, oh, for example, when I posted something about like me uh, dancing in the, you remember when I was dancing in Celeste or something in the, and people were commenting like, oh, I thought you were introverted and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I think I responded to one or two of those comments. And then after that, I, I, in my mind, I was just like, you're, you're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I think it's more so the attack on character. It's a, the attack. Ooh heavy on that it's an attack on character or when they say things like well your husband didn't like you so mm-hmm. that pisses me off that's really rude it's so rude. and also how do you know how do you know people like i can joke i can make that joke myself but you can't say that. <laughs> you can't say that <laughs> that's so funny like don't say that to him though. yeah people are rude <laughs> um i feel like i'm learning a lot through your personal experience oh, i'm glad the- i could be your guinea pig <laughs> I don't like that you are the guinea pig. <laughs> I don't think it's fair at all. Um, I don't think anybody should be receiving hate online. I just think that I just don't understand why, why people, they care so much. This is my main thing. I always say this. I just can't imagine disagreeing with something that somebody posts online and then actually taking the time out to comment under their post and tell them how much I disagree with them. Why don't you just like screenshot it and send it in your group chat like a normal person? Normal people. Okay, wait, pause. How far are we? How, How much time? Okay. Um, (laughs) You're like, I got to see if I got time um, for this. So it reminds me of the current talk of the the town. Oh, are we talking about Jada? (laughs) Yes. For the record, I don't care. But go ahead, because Ayana Ayana kind of cares about the Jada thing. I do, but I don't. So I didn't care at all. And Mm -hmm. then people just kept talking about it. Mm -hmm. And I just kept getting exposure to it. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's how I felt about the submarine. (laughs) People died, Kayla. No, I know. I'm not making fun of it. But I started to actually really care about what was going on with the people (laughs) on the submarine. And I was one of those people that started watching the updates in the news. Like, (laughs) God damn it. They got to get them. So that's the thing. I'm not even like consuming any content, but I'll just be randomly scrolling and I just see stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Why do y'all care that much? I don't know. And people are getting mad at But you like, know, oh, I know why they care. Why they care. It's the gender wars. Oh, uh, <gasps> yes. It's, That's it's what exactly it is. exactly the gender it's wars. It's the gender wars. It's exactly the gender wars. Because oh. if you look at the difference between Will and Jada, they've done the same shit. Yeah. They've literally done that. Will did the same exact thing when he came out with his memoir some years back. And he was doing interviews revealing things about their marriage and about how bad he treated Jada and blah, 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 blah. No one said shit. No one said nothing. But when Jada's doing it, it's a completely different story. Man. It's a completely different story. I don't know, man. She did two interviews and and media is also feeding into this shit so bad. Do people not like Jada? They don't like her, but also- But I'm saying, have they 
previously disliked her? Is this a reason? Because she had, well, they have more exposure to her because of the Red Table Talk stuff. I liked and, Red Table Talk. And because she's so- I thought it was good. I thought it was good too. But she's also like a very person, she's a person who is similar to me. See, and I feel like that's another reason why I feel connected that's to this. That's why you do. <laughs> that is a, it is personal for it you. It feels personal Because normally you. you don't be caring about this type of stuff. So I've been like, why does it, Ayana care about Jada personal and Because she takes on the same- she takes on the same path as me of like wanting her best to be authentic and express as much as possible to like share her story. Mm -hmm. And that's why she did Red Table Talk and stuff. And she talks a lot about her marriage and how she felt about it. And it wasn't, I mean, a lot of it wasn't positive. She wasn't mm -hmm. happy in that marriage. Neither was Will. Neither yeah. of them were. Um, but they have this trauma bond. <laughs> Clearly. That is exactly. And that's the re that's part of why I can't really care for real. Because they sat there, and I told this to you the other day. Woo! They sat there on Red Table Talk <laughs> and shook hands and said, bad marriage for life. <laughs> and y'all think that I'm going to care about a couple that has proclaimed and decided <laughs> that they're going to stay in a bad marriage. But I can't. also look at the generation that they grew up in. I know, but we're not there no more. And they have- But they're, they're still of that age. Mm, I- but I, I feel like everything about Jada and Will is very non-traditional. It's very non And look at their children. Like, yeah, that's facts. I, so they don't really... I'd be shocked if either of their kids ever get married. I'm going to be honest. Well, uh, uh, Willow then said that she wants to be in like a polyamorous oh. marriage. Like she wants to marry a man and a Like, well, that's not a thing, right? But she wants to be like in a, in a throuple. That's oh, for a lifetime. Like be with both of them mm -hmm. and they be with her. All of them be All together. Of them oh, so that is. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. what she desires. I don't, I don't know what the hell is going on with Jaden. I I don't know. I mean, he's doing great things for like people I don't follow the, the kids. So I literally don't I know. don't either. I just see things and oh. I mean. I don't, I don't even get to see nothing. All I know is Willow makes some great music. Bro, I love her music. I you love her music. You put me onto her music. Love her music. She's I'd be amazing. i to be like, wait a minute. Yeah. But that's the reason why I say, I just feel like they're very non-traditional. I don't think that they really conform to that. Mm -hmm. They didn't. I know specifically for Jada, because I used to watch Red Table Talk, she didn't even grow up in that type of environment where yeah. it was like, you stay together type of thing. Because her mom, I think... Okay, I'm trying to remember correctly. She said she felt pressured by her mom to, to get, get married, married because she was pregnant. It, well, and I by Will that, to get... And Will is already divorced. Oh. He had a, a marriage before Jada. I forgot about that. Yeah. Wow, he was young. Yeah, he has a whole nother kid from his first marriage. That's crazy because he was young. But Jada's mom was... Um, she used to be on drugs. Oh, okay. She used to be a drug addict, I think. And I will say Jada came from a very hard life. She did. So she of really course did. she had to uproot a lot of that trauma. And yeah. I think it took her, because she was also in the public eye, it took her so long to do that. Well, maybe that's why she won't, they won't divorce because just the aspect the, of the public eye yeah. and think about that's a high profile marriage like if they ended it would be but at this point everyone knows at this point they might as well at this point everyone knows but i do think they that maybe they don't want to split their assets and all of those maybe things. it is a financial thing i think they genuinely are just like just like emotionally tied to each other in like a weird weird way okay my only take on this whole thing is that jada is in love with tupac 
She and is absolutely. She's still grieving that man. She but is. I don't think she was ever allowed to really grieve him at all or, because she was married to Will. Or what? Tupac was alive for longer than we thought. <laughs> Can't stand Kayla. And maybe she just now started grieving because maybe something just now happened. Oh, spooky season. <laughs> extra oh my god i'm so weak yeah oh wow okay was that your fill of the week oh uh yeah i guess so shit oh well shit what's mine yeah what is yours Mm. (laughs) you get one well i guess that's all folks i ain't got one (laughs) oh wait wait marcus and i watched a movie on amazon prime and i really liked it it's called totally killer was that good it was actually really good i'm so tired of seeing these movies about people who like get killed and like have to like go back and figure out like who the kid because there's multiple movies out there like there are but this one was this one was good i liked it because it was like suspense mystery Uh mixed with comedy oh and you know i can't really do horror movies yeah you so (laughs) this was a nice in between for me okay where it wasn't a horror movie it was still a little like it had some gore in it Okay. Um, but I was just like nothing wrong with a little gore. Yeah. So it wasn't too bad, but it was funny. And it was still a mystery. Like you still were like, dang, like who's the person? Like, (laughs) so it kinda so we had spooky date night. That was fun. I know I saw. I was gonna call you and be like, What you doing? But then I was like, Oh, they're on date night. Yes, we had spooky date night and we made spooky brownies with the little like we got some candy eyeballs. We did. Oh, we made it together. I was like, mm, no, we did. Marcus, Marcus likes to do that type of stuff because he likes to kind of feel like a kid. So I'd be like, here, crack one in, <laughs> here, dump this in there. He'd be like, yeah. Like, so we did that. That's so. So cute. that was fun. And then we sat down. I made. I think I made some coffee because I was tired. So I made some coffee and I put like a whole bunch of whipped cream and I spr- uh. put the sprinkles on it. And I made some Alfredo pasta. So it was kind of supposed to give like voodoo pasta vibes, like still going with the spooky theme. I see. Look at y'all are so so cute. I just can't. And then we tried to play Clue. Oh. Um, But it was really hard. So we stopped doing that. It's hard to play Clue? I don't know. I'm going to show it to you. We couldn't figure it out. It was really crazy. We were like, oh, Clue over. Um. Yeah, it was like the rules and it was set up weird. It wasn't, it's not the original Clue. It's like a harder version of Clue. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. And I thought we would be able to figure it out, but apparently I was wrong. Oh, no. So yeah. So that's my fill of the week. Love that. So plan a spooky date night for your boo. That's what y'all can do. Or your friends if you're single. Yeah. Or that too. Have fun and do something in the house. Cute. Because I ain't going to no haunted house. Yeah, this is about as spooky as it's getting honestly, over here. I could never do that with you. You would make what? me so mad. Yeah, I would. That's why I don't, whenever anybody <laughs> asks me so to try mad. to go to those things, I'm like, it's best for you and I and our friendship for me to not attend because <laughs> I'm going to act a fool Yes, and I'm going to cry yes. and I'm going to want to go home. Yes. I told you a story about what happened at Six Flags, right? You the fell. one year I you went bu- to Fright Fest. You bust your ass. Yep, at Fright Fest. <laughs> I ran and I went in Johnny. This one grabbed you by your hair. Yep, <laughs> and picked me up and I was like. <laughs> I ran to Johnny Rockets and that was the only safe place because they didn't come in there. You go to Johnny Rockets or the bathroom and you know bathrooms be a little Nancy. tangy. So Ew. I went in Johnny Rockets 
And I sat there the whole night and just looked out the window like, <laughs> that's wild. Man. You can't believe people are out there living that life. <laughs> I'll never go back again. I so can't. no hunted houses. I acted a complete fool when I was a child. My mom took me to the police station, hunted man. They had a hunted house in the police station. I acted a plum fool and they had to turn the lights on in the hunted house and escort me out because I was acting that bad. Oh, was that bad, Kayla? Yep. And it was all the people that were in there were people that I knew. Like, <laughs> these are my mom's co-workers. I was like... <laughs> they were like, turn the lights on. <laughs> turn the lights on. And I was like, yeah, turn the lights on. Get me out of here. This girl gonna have a heart attack. Yeah, I I just... I don't do it. I don't like spirits. I feel it. People be... some. I, I feel like people that... This is my last, last thing. Okay. But people that decide that they want to participate in scaring people what is wrong with you <laughs> what type of sick things go on in your mind that you that you want to dress I up like some of them be getting a little too into character. that's what i'm saying that's scary especially when they be like, what are y'all doing y'all spare time like right they be in your face <laughs> breathing <and> stuff <laughs> no bro back up like this is just this gives you too much of a reason to invade someone's personal space. Like you would not do this on a normal day. You wouldn't come this close it's like, to a why stranger. Why do you want to terrorize people that much? Why? What sick piece of you? <laughs> on that note, I gotta go because I'm mad now. Okay, okay. Um, you can follow us on the TikTok at <laughs> Tickety Tag. Fill in the blank pod. Wait. Is that right? That's yeah, right. fill in the blank pot. That's right. And then you can watch these lovely visuals on YouTube. I've been seeing y'all. Y'all been watching the videos. I Keep see on some doing comments. That. Keep on doing that. Keep that up. So watch the video, you all. Watch the video on YouTube, Fill in the Blank Podcast. And then you can follow us on Instagram at fill in the blank underscore. I changed my name on Instagram. I saw it. I was like, who the hell is this? It is at it's K dot G. Mm-hmm. K-A-Y dot G. Mm-hmm. And Ayana at Ayana dot Amore. We love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.